So just a brief word this morning. We have heard uh, two testimonies, one from Lamentations, where the writer is remembering his suffering and what has happened to him and all of his struggle. And then he just says, but certainly God's compassion isn't through. Certainly God's mercies aren't over. They are renewed every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. In the midst of this writer's suffering, in the midst of this book that says in its title, Lament, there is this writer saying, Great is thy faithfulness. And then we look to 1 John that Sharita read, and he says, Dear friends, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence in our relationship to God. And the reason I turn to the gospel that I read today is because Nicodemus asked a very important question about how to be born again. How can one be born anew? Part of the struggle that we have in our contemporary situation is that our relationship to God has been defined by what other people have dictated and other people have said. And even when people said have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, they mean a relationship that is somewhat mediated by all the rules and tradition that they want to put on us or to put on you, whether it was in your church growing up or recently in another church that you may have been in. What I find interesting here is that this word that is used in referring to being born again can be translated born anew. It can be translated born from above. But I think we get really overly concerned about being born from heaven or being born from some other mystical, far-off, distant place. What I really believe John is saying when he or she says be born anew or born again is that our thinking must shift, our thinking must change. If we have viewed ourselves for years and lived under a theology that says, woe is us, we are one of the earth, we are hopeless sinners that will never, ever see God face to face because of this reason or that reason or some other reason, and so you have to be born again or born from above, what really does that mean? I know some born again people who raise more hell than the people who are not born again. And so, to me, being born again means that our thinking has to change. Our behavior has to change. But specifically, I'm not talking about uh, lying or drinking or smoking or all of these lists of things that people can throw out there. I'm talking about our thinking has to change to where we understand what the writer is saying in 1 John. That writer says we have the ability to go boldly to God. Have any of us ever really thought about going boldly to God? Maybe some of us would be a little terrified. Maybe if really we were called home right now today, we would be a little scared to go and stand before God. But here is the good news about being born anew and about thinking differently. 
It's that this Jesus came and showed us an example and showed us a way. And the writer in 1 John is saying, no, it is finished. You have the ability to go boldly before God. You have the ability to connect with God. You are no longer a worm of the earth or scum of the earth or bad. And God is going to smite you for all of these little bad things that you do. We do so many bad things every minute that we don't even know. I've said it here before. I don't know what you're thinking in your mind right now, but I bet it ain't a holy thought. (laughs) And so if we understand that so much goes on with us, that there isn't a list of good things that we can do, of naughty and nice, and that God is saying, I love you, I want to be connected with you, you can come boldly before me. That is the good news. That is where we must be born again. There is nothing that we can do in our own strength and our own might that sanctifies us and makes us holy. Now, a lot of people think they are sanctified and holy, but nothing in our own might. It is God's love shown through Jesus. It is God's passion, that compassion that is new every morning that gives us that right to go boldly before God. Dear friends, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence in our relation to God. This is the gift of faithfulness. This is the gift of assurance. One that you can't buy, one that you can't earn. But it is the gift that God is faithful to you even when you think you are not faithful to God or to yourself. Here is the gift of assurance that God has assured us that he or she will hear our call and hear our cry when we cry out. That we can do that boldly because there is nothing in our own might that can open that door or create that access point. I don't know if, if you have, you know, growing up, maybe you uh, asked for certain gifts and things like that on Christmas, certain toys, or, you know, or you wanted that latest technology that's come out or, or something like the iPhone, the new one's come out and you want it and you get it as a gift. Or maybe now that, you know, most of us are adults, maybe, you know, you're getting cars and refrigerators and homes and that's... <laughs> That's the kind of gifts we do in our house. We, gifts we, we prepare attics and roofs and plumbing. Vanities, <laughs> that's the gifts now. But maybe there are these gifts that you have received. And maybe you're like me, or maybe it's just human nature, but, you know, after a year or two, the gift is just kind of like, mm, well, you know, mm, I can do with a new iPhone. That's what I'm excited about now. Or, mm, well, you know, this, I love this car. I've driven it for two years. I remember I got it as a gift, but now I'm ready for the next thing. We're on to the next gift. We're on to the next thing. The thing that we prayed so hard about and desired for or wanted to get, once we get it, it's interesting how we just kind of lose interest in that thing. Here is the gift of assurance and the gift of faithfulness that God has provided us. And here's the good news. No matter if you're still interested or not, that gift is still yours. It is still yours for the claiming. It is still yours for the taking. That God will listen and hear you. That you have the assurance 
of forgiveness, the assurance of the blessings of the love of God. These are the gifts of assurance and of faithfulness. Amen? Amen. I told you I'd be quick. I'm done. <laughs> You know, we've sang some really uh, great hymns today, and uh, I, I recommend that you go and look up some of these hymns and look up some of, uh, you know, the history around these hymns. Uh, the lyrics and Blessed Assurance are, are quite fascinating, you know, uh, visions bursting in our sight, and hearing the echoes of mercy, this coming from a person who is blind, and then come by font, this person who has found the gift God's love, and we have truly been blessed by those words today.